This is the Music Innovation Podcast. Today, with the charity Viva Con Aqua. Hello and welcome to the Music Innovation Podcast. Thanks for tuning in. I'm your host, Florian Willisch, and in this podcast, I'll be interviewing innovators in the music industry, people who build new tools or who use existing tools in new ways. What I'm ultimately interested in is to discover how innovation and creative thinking can improve the music industry end-to-end, from the artist, through the industry, to the fan. So you probably ask, who is this guy, and why does he do this? Two very good questions. For almost 20 years, I've heard everyone say that the music industry was dead, that you couldn't make money with music anymore. Now we know that the file sharing crisis created a vacuum. It created a need to break the status quo and opened up space for innovation. As a result, after 10-15 years of struggle, I'd say that we now arrived in the golden age for the music industry. The crisis plus technological advancements meant that fantastic new businesses, tools and solutions were created. And during that time, I've been involved in innovation firsthand in various ways myself. Amongst other things, I worked on the Apple App Store in its very early days and later helped to put Apple Music together. Two major institutions at the crossroads of music and tech. That's how I got curious to hear what other people were cooking up in terms of music business innovations. And that's why I'm making this podcast, to talk about innovation in the music industry, from big and small players, but always to make things better for artists and fans. So this podcast is for you if you're interested in the music industry or just generally in startups. Maybe you work in the industry and want to know what's going on around you. Maybe you're interested in tech and love music. Or you're an artist or manager wanting to know about the newest tools. In all those cases, this is for you. If you like what you hear, please subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts and leave me a review. That helps other people find the podcast too. And any businesses, bands or links that we'll discuss can be found in the show notes on musicinnovationpodcast.com. Today I'm speaking to Michael Fritz from Viva Con Aqua. Viva Con Aqua is a charity that raises money to drill wells in Africa to give people access to fresh drinking water. And the reason I wanted to have him on the show is because they almost exclusively use artists or athlete endorsements as a vehicle to raise millions of dollars every year. To name just a few, Ed Sheeran, Wu-Tang Clan, Cypress Hill, Dirk Nowitzki, the basketball player, they all helped out Viva Con Agua. What I like about this company is that they make a real difference while working with artists every day with very little to no budget. They are the biggest in Germany, but are present around the world. And when we spoke, Michael had just moved to LA to take on the US market. Please excuse the audio quality at times. Michael is a multitasking father of a beautiful young daughter, but that meant that sometimes the microphone was moving around a little bit. I hope it's still okay. Enjoy the interview. Hello, Michael. Um, you are a, uh, a part of, uh, Viva Con Aqua, a, a charity that, uh, raises money to drill wells in Africa and the world, uh, to give people access to fresh drinking water. Um, 
you are currently uh, in LA and um, your charity does a lot of things with, uh, I mean, famous people in general, but um, a lot with musicians, particularly. That's one of the reasons why I wanted to speak to you um, and see how you guys use um, music and entertainment in a charity envir uh, environment. I think it's quite a um, innovative way to use artists. Um, so I guess um, maybe we can just start with you telling us a little bit about yourself and how you got to start uh, Viva Conakwa. Um, yeah, hello. Um, I have to uh, make transparent that I'm here with my little uh, um, daughter. So yes. when she will shout, um, it's not me and the bipolarity <laughs> of my brain, no, um, but it's my little one. Um, yeah, uh, we started Vivo Conakra 13 years ago. My friend was a professional soccer player for playing for San Pauli, which is this kind of political left-wing Che Guevara celebrating club of um, mm. Hamburg, Germany, uh, playing a second league, but it's more about the values, the culture, the mm -hmm. the art, and uh, the really environment of the of the of the club that makes it popular um, throughout the whole world. Um, yeah. Although still, it's important how we play on the pitch, especially um, this weekend. Ah, probably the podcast will be broadcast yes. later yes. so it will not work but yeah you get the picture of um so um we we started vivo Conakwa with an idea of doing only things we like on ourselves and uh, uh -huh. so, so we will never ask musicians artists or anybody else to do things we wouldn't do on our own this was our first and only rule and when we started we had no idea about like this whole system of charity how it works um, yeah. how you ask for donations, how uh, you start actually an NGO and and also all these organizations are called NGO, non-government or non-profit um, organizations. We call ourselves all-profit. So yes. we try to make things in a way a little bit different since they are. Um, to just sum up the story, because it's really a long story, um, but mm -hmm. to cut it down, um, it's currently existing in eight countries, Germany, Switzerland, Spain, Austria, Netherlands, California, okay. and Uganda. So it's also becoming an African NGO. It's not the white supremacy people coming from yeah. rich countries to go to this um, so-called um, poor Africa, which is actually a beautiful, rich um, yeah. continent uh, uh -huh. uh, of 54 countries, um, which we try to tell the people all the time. Um, we have four social businesses where we sell products like um, uh, bottled water, toilet paper, art, and we're just starting the fourth um, a hotel chain. And so oh, far, we, we, we supported more than 3 million people with clean drinking water. So wow. this is, in short, what we're trying to do. And yeah, and music plays a big role. Um, all right. I was actually, you just mentioned, you said 3 million people, um, that you gave access of clean drinking water to, um, do you have, um, I guess, you know, numbers are always, uh, interesting. I think maybe, can you tell a little bit about, um, the number of, uh, or, you know, do you have the number of cups that you have <laughs> been donated and, and. I guess so that the people understand, maybe you can explain 
what this whole cup uh, thing is that you did. Or I think it's particularly in Germany, but it's very big. Yeah, uh, it's in Germany, Switzerland, Austria, and maybe soon one day in the U.S. Because I think okay. it would be really innovative to start it here because single-use plastic cups is uh, yes. pity. It's um, killing yeah. our environment. It's all over the U.S. And um, I'm not the guy who want to change culture, but maybe we can do something to, like, yeah. It's not a culture. If you kill your planet, it can't be called culture. So, yes. uh, but it's another story. So, um, basically, in 2007, uh, we started with this cup donation plastic uh, thing, and it's quite easy. In Germany, you have, um, in Switzerland, Austria as well, uh, you have hard plastic cups which uh, have a deposit of one euro, and you at, can at concerts, can, at concerts, sorry, and festivals, and yeah. either you give it back or you. Um, uh, give it, donate it to Viva Caracua. And psychologically, okay. you already spent the one euro, the deposit, yes. so you don't care no more about the one euro. And to be honest, in Germany, most people are rich enough to afford one euro as like yes. a second. So, um, and then we started to communicate, and that's the reason why we are super connected in the music scene, I think, because we started to communicate it via stage. So I went to the uh -huh, big okay. headliners of the festival. For example, the Erste, nobody in the uh, English-speaking countries know the Erste, but probably something like, I don't know, Blink-187 uh, or uh -huh. from, the, from the size or the headliner position. Yeah. Not so much from the style, maybe, but... Um, they, or Green Day. Maybe Green Day fits better? I don't know. You're the music expert. But nevertheless, yeah. um, they announced on stage, saw all your cups on stage. And uh -huh. 4,000 hard plastic cups are flying on stage like stars, actually. It was a beautiful <laughs> picture. Um, we are not allowed to do it no more because people got <laughs> injured. 50 people got, like, cuts and stuff like that. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, uh, but, yeah, um, so these are all donations. And to answer your questions, finally, uh, your question, finally, um, we collect in one year around 350,000 of these cups. In Germany only. So this is 350,000 euros for clean drinking water. And we do yeah. it now for 10 years. Okay, the amount, of course, increased. But yeah. I would say we collected something like 3 million, 4 million cups. Well, so yeah. people donated to our organization to, And, of course, you have to imagine that it's both a fundraising but also an awareness-rising campaign. Yes. Because it's the best marketing and communication to, to get young people active we have these volunteers who go on the mm -hmm. festivals who ask the audience to to donate um yeah yeah that's uh, it's fascinating i think um so ac actually how did you how did you get this idea or how did it first start like what was the first time um you know what was how did that happen uh, one guy, he's now actually employed at our uh, organization in St. Pauli. He is doing the marketing and uh, uh, fundraising. Um, he was running a festival in Lüneburg. Uh, it's right. a self-organized festival by students. It's part of their studies. I think it's a really uh, clever and smart um, festival and the idea to, to empower people and to do something on a practical level, not only on an academic level. 
um, is quite an um, innovative too. So this could be something interesting for your podcast series too, because it's mm-hmm. closely connected to the music scene. It's mm-hmm. called Leuphana College and the uh, Lunatic Festival. And they wanted to donate one euro to Viva Conagua from each ticket. Okay. Um, but the foundation, which was backing them up, said, hey, why you donate one euro? Then we donate you. So uh, we we don't want you to donate because we donate you. So that doesn't make sense to them. Yeah. Uh, although in my ideas, it didn't always make sense to donate. But <laughs> yeah. It's another question. Um, so and then he came up with this cup thing. Okay. And he collected like uh, he just wanted to support Vivo Canaqua and wanted to have it on a festival. It was just coming out from San Pauli. It was yeah. kind of cool thing um, with a San Pauli football player. And yeah, so that was the idea. And then, to be honest, we had this meeting. I will never forget it. I was still, um, yeah, we were a little bit, we were really young when we founded Vivo Conagua. So we were out really, and I had a terrible hangover. I was still kind of drunk in the morning. And I had this festival meeting with FKP Scorpio, which is like the biggest, um, one of the biggest festival organizers in, in Europe. Mm-hmm. And and I thought we were just speaking about one festival. And then after like half an hour, they asked me, Michael, do you know that we have like 10 to 15 festivals? Because you were only speaking about one festival. Yeah. So can you also handle a complete festival season of us? Yeah. And you have to imagine it was 2008. We were not employed. We had no money. We yeah. used a private car, which was a shitty car, which was so small and so dirty that the police always asked us to stop. Um, so we were not able at all. We had no volunteers. We had no commu- uh, real community. Oh, right. So we had to ask all our friends, hey, you have to come with us to this festival. We have uh-huh. to go there. Of course, we were 22. We didn't care about anything. We just did it. Yeah. And yeah, that was actually how we started to, to yeah, Viva Con Aquaticize, the festivals in, in Europe. Um, it um, slowly growed. In the first year, we had like maybe 10 festivals and now we're doing, I think, 250 festivals only in Germany and then Switzerland, Austria, Netherlands, and yeah, it's crazy. So when you um, when you talk about these festivals, that's always it's always these cups, right, that are being given instead of giving your cup back for deposit, you're giving it to Viva Conagua and Viva Conagua gets the deposit. Um, so like you were saying, that does a lot of. Uh, awareness i guess around all of that now you also have other products that you were mentioning um are those can can you tell us what they are and and are they becoming bigger in terms of you know a monetary uh, fundraising for you i mean yeah absolutely like in 2010 we started with our bottled water company um it's a social business tool so all the proceeds go to clean drinking water um and this year we uh, get like one million out of of the comp- uh, of the social business of the wow. only the bottled water mm-hmm. and it's um we're selling 30 million of these bottled waters so and um, it's getting one of the biggest incomes sooner or later oh, well, um, yeah. it's also a really beautiful communication tool because you have 30 million bottles yeah. that are 30 million posters and people interact with them and and so yeah it's um, getting bigger and bigger we also have the toilet paper we are currently selling like 260,000 packages of toilet paper so you can wash your ass with Viva Con Agua (laughs) 
okay. called Bolt Eimer. It's a sub brand of Viva Con Agua. Um, and, and it's closely connected to the topic of sanitation because we, all our water projects are always wash projects. So water, sanitation and hygiene, they are always interlinked with each other. Okay. And you have to know that 550 million people have no access to clean water and 4.5 billion people. Say that number again. Sorry, the microphone was. Okay. Ah, sorry. 560 million people have no access to clean water. Half a billion. Half a billion and 4.5 billion people have no access to uh, sanitation. 4.5 billion? To, to 4.5 billion to proper sanitation. This means a toilet, which is um, where you can shit or do your stuff in dignity. So you have closed rooms yes. um, where you can be on your own and stuff like that. So this is really crazy. And the problem also is to raise awareness and funds for the topic of sanitation is not that easy because uh -huh. people of yeah. course for a little beautiful child like my daughter um, she has nothing to drink everybody donates everybody understands but the topic of sanitation is yes. much more complicated and also people don't speak i mean yeah. for example here in LA, my my uh, my morning routine is after um, I organized everything for my daughter. Three hours after I got, I'm so happy that I can first take a shit. But normally in a podcast, you don't tell it. You're not yes. speaking about these Indeed. topics, and yes. that's a problem because you don't speaking about taboos. You put them out of your society. You don't speak about it. Means um, that it's really difficult to fundraise money and stuff for it. I see. So you were mentioning that you're now in LA. Can you tell us a bit more about what, what you're doing there, what your plans are? Um, yes, absolutely. We are currently in Los Angeles to start Viva Con Agua from the scratch in California. Uh -huh. And the reason is obvious that it's one of the world's still leading cultural, musical, arty, EP centers. And that if you make it here, you also make it on the global stage and, and awareness rising gets next level. So yeah. um, if we're working together with the most prominent German artists at yeah. the border of Germany, I don't like borders, no nations, no borders, but <laughs> the borders of Germany, there are, there's mostly uh, like a, how do you say, finish line? No, but then, okay, from now on, you will have no more relevance. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. Of course, there are a lot of German musicians who also made it abroad, and and, and music always has a relevance. But yes. of course, there's a barrier in the language, and this means yes. that it's sometimes for Germans uh, difficult to to get on this global stage on a musical level. And it's a global topic, like I told you, 4.5 billion people. So I cannot come up only with Germany. Germany. Yeah, uh, living 80 million people. Uh, it's one of the, it's, I think, number seven of richest country. Okay, so we are in, 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 uh, crazily rich, nevertheless not rich enough. And mm -hmm. um, so um, that's one of the reasons why we try to do it in LA. Um, also, we think that it's really um, an all-profit approach to have connect people from all over the world. 
So the moment we activate people here in Los Angeles, we will also can connect them with people from our, from Kibera, Kenya, or from yes. Uganda, Kampala, or Ethiopia, to Nepal, India, Germany. So then it's coming like real See. movement. And, and that's yeah. the reason why I think it's so important to um, be active on a global level. And I, I just want to um, have us maybe sh quickly try to explain and you correct me if I'm wrong, uh, just to make sure that people understand what you mean by all profit is uh, yeah. it, it's kind of a play on words or on the nonprofit um, and that you find that that word nonprofit is quite uh, a little sad almost. Um, and uh, so instead you decided to call these things all profit in the sense that it profits every person that is involved. Um, and I guess that's also how music and art and all of that comes into play. Uh, so and I just, I just yes. wanted to clarify. Absolutely. I have to step up my game on the language level so much here in the U S because, um, in Germany, <laughs> it works as a word pun, um, because uh, all profit or for profit is not existing as a word. Yes. Um, either you have non-profit or you have profit. There's yes, yeah. like there's you, you're a money making machine like all the big <laughs> players, but um, um, uh, the idea really of non-profit is really like like you're saying it doesn't make sense if nobody profits, and it's also on the musical level. So if we go now deeper into the universal language approach and music, the people need to the people need to have a benefit. The musicians, the yes, big, yes, the big musicians need to have a. Um, um, have to have a benefit out of being engaged with Viva Konakwa. It's so important. So what is their benefit? What is the benefit for the artists in your case? Um, there, I think uh, on many different layers, there are benefits. Uh, first of all, we make it so fucking in, insanely easy to get engaged. This is the first thing. Yeah. Never do this. Uh, like, for example, we're doing this Water the Human Right campaign. Uh, Henry Rowland's uh, Wooten Clan, Cypress Hill, already all uh, part of it. Um, uh -huh. It takes them one minute. Yes. So one minute of the time, and we come to their place. So it's not a big issue for them, and they get a really nice um, um, photo and, uh, and are part of a big campaign and um, get some yeah exposure and communication with a topic who everybody can identify. That's a good thing about yes. our topic. It's of course, something different if you, for example, um, take care of the genitalverstümmelung of young uh, female ladies. What's it in English? Um, uh, excision. Excision. One of the worst things in life. And of course, yeah. the moment you enter this topic, you enter with this topic any kind of room. Of course, yeah. people are really hurt and really touched, and it's, yeah. it's totally at a level. And with Viva Konakwa, it's quite easy. You be water, my friend. It's, I mean, yeah. one of the most uh, basic needs. And everybody is, immediately understands the, and has so many experiences with water, with diving into water, with drinking water, with washing themselves after they've been really dirty, with just, like, tasting it. And so many uh, experiences. So... Um, To get back to your question, I think yeah. on a karma level, you also, uh, I really believe in karma. And yeah, I think okay. on a karma level, you also, um, and then it's getting, like, this is the first, 
like connection with Viva where you do something like a shooting or a small announcement on stage and stuff like that. Um, but then the real, the real benefits come when you get in a closer long-term relationship mm -hmm. with us because then, of course, it's also with a real relationship. The more you get connected, the more you know about the person, the more you know about and the better you can do things for them. Or, and yeah. I think the biggest benefits are really if the artists, the musicians, come with us to our project areas. So I whenever a uh, musician supports Viva Con Agua, like Materia, he's, maybe you can connect him to or compare him to Eminem in a way or something like that. He's like one of the most um, influential rappers in, in Germany at the moment. And, but really also high, uh, hitting the pop. Um, yeah. Yeah, he he fills you, stadiums. So. Absolutely. Absolutely. And if you, the, the moment we met, we, of course, uh, we were young, so we get drunk then. And then, uh, of <laughs> course, we, we told him, hey, if you ever want to see what's the real output of your work, come with us to Uganda and yes. see the well you're drilling by uh, speaking to your community and, and, and stuff. And because I said already two times that we are drunk, we are not punks, but we are honest, authentic people. And I think yes. this is also why uh, young people believe in Viva Konakwa because we say that, for example, Kampala, Uganda with Materia, um, yeah. there was a big documentary with the German uh, television uh, who were following us and they asked us when we entered uh, Uganda, what's the next thing you're doing to the rap guy, Materia? And he said, I'm going to get some wheat and get stoned. This was the first thing he answered. So normally every NGO would say, oh no, you can't say that, censorship and yeah. everything. But to be honest, it was like that. So why not telling it? And uh -huh. so we are living in a complex world, but I think the most important thing is whatever you say should be true and so and authentic. And yeah. that's the reason why we um, always also say when we when we meet people. And yeah, of course, you the, the most connections with musicians you get while on the bar. <laughs> So, yeah, 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 yeah. Well, uh, uh, to be honest, uh, maybe most business, uh, uh, you know, um, relations get created when you go out or for dinners and and all of that. And it's um, yeah. So I suppose it's similar. So what you know, you mentioned a few names uh, of international artists. Um, I have seen quite a few things with Ed Sheeran that you've done with Ed Sheeran. Is there other big names, uh, maybe that, uh, that we can mention that you've already started working with? Oh, we did some stuff with Wu-Tang Clan already back in 2008. Um, uh -huh. we, this is also a level where they um, participate. We always, or we often do combine the universal languages of art and music. Yeah. So, for example, with the Wu-Tang Clan, we did a poetry series of them. Okay. So a guy, Thomas Koch, he did photos of them, and then he illustrated around them, and it really becoming a fusing, uh, fusion of art, illustration, and photography. So um, they got really beautiful artworks of them. Going back to what you're doing now in L.A. and you know, starting this charity uh, in the U.S. as well, um, you were mentioning doing similar actions that than what you had been doing back home, as in working with the cups and and you know um, 
is this, you know, how, is, is there already a system of uh, deposits in the U.S.? I don't actually remember now. I just know that many countries I know don't have that, so that the, the gap is so big, but, you know, that you would have to bridge to get there. Uh, there's no system, uh, which means that the moment you start the system, you got monopoly, uh, monopoly or... or <laughs> yes, that's true, okay. So um, it's not the worst thing to start. And okay. the ecological um, uh, impact would be amazing. I mean, uh, just imagine single-use plastic would be um, changed to recyclable plastic only in the entertainment industry. So we're then not speaking about football, basketball, NHL, and yeah. all these uh, sports things. Uh, it would be huge. Um, so, and I think really like the the the, the big musicians like. Um, for example, Eminem, I think he can pull the trigger. If he says to Madison Square Garden, I want uh, recyclable plastic cups, they yeah. have to do it. Yes, that's that's true. Yeah, um, I guess uh, actually California is a great place to, to start uh, as it's a very green state. Absolutely. Um, that's honestly one of the reasons why we... Um, why we start starting Viva Con Agua in Los Angeles is because California is so innovative and progressive on these topics. I um, think that it's quite interesting too, actually, also again, maybe for our listeners, what, what has been done in, um, well, in the countries where, where these deposit um, cups exist, apart from this, uh, well, this this money side of things and and ecological side, they have often now printed on these cups as well and almost sell it as a um, as a, a piece of merchandise for a concert. So you go to a concert and you have a, a picture of the artist on it or, or of the tour, and um, if you don't want to give it back, you can keep it as merchandise. Which um, I think is is uh, is a really good way to also sort of you know um, introduce this idea of deposit to to artists and um, concert organizers. Absolutely. I mean, uh, we all know that this country um, and most other countries too. So no blame on the US um, is totally working about um, via the currency of economics yes and so um if you want to convince somebody like a location a big location or a big artist of course show him the um, advantages concerning environment of course it's your entry and everybody would say yeah i love the idea but <laughs> what's in for me <laughs> so yeah, yeah. i learned this sentence in the u.s really um so um then you have to come up with an economical advantage for him. And you just mentioned the merchandise product is one. Yeah, actually more than that. So um, I think that in, you have to, this is again the all profit approach. You have to uh, yeah. organize profits for the artists to get engaged in the system. Yeah, interesting. Um, listen, I don't want to keep you too long, so I'm going to ask a few uh, last questions, but I know that, uh, we didn't actually speak that much about Africa, um, and and I think it's a subject close to your heart. Uh, so I, 
well, I guess uh, uh, you can speak freely in any case what you want to tell us, but um, I have seen various things. Uh, I mean, first of all, I find it interesting that you are, um, you know, you're working with local artists in Africa too. So actually you're not only taking Western rich country artists, you are actually also kind of preaching your same, uh, well, you're doing the same things that you do in the West. You do it also in the countries that you are trying to help. And in the same line, you're, 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 you've, uh, you've uh, created, you, you mentioned it quickly, you've created a, um, a uh, Viva Con Aqua Uganda, I think, which basically enables the country itself to help itself. Um, so th these two things, I think, are, are very interesting and, again, quite different to other types of charities. Absolutely. I mean, there are a lot of topics now we're touching because we're speaking about probably one of the most uh, richest, beautiful, potential continents of the world. I mean, uh -huh. the future is Africa in many cases. Yeah. To, to just give you an idea, uh, the average um, age in Uganda is 15. 15 oh, in yeah. Germany, it will be something around 54, maybe. I don't have the numbers, but Germany yeah. is so fucking old. And and um, like you said, whenever we work, we try to connect people. Mm -hmm. So it's also um, for us a value if we can connect people. And if you go with an artist like Megalo, he's, for example, from Berlin-based rapper, Roots in Nigeria, we go from Berlin to Uganda. We definitely, the first thing we do, we connect him with a Ugandan-based rapper because right. then there can some can happen something. It's interesting for the Ugandan rapper because he gets exposure in Germany. It's interesting for the uh, uh, Berlin-based rapper because he gets, first of all, he gets an idea about Ugandan music scene. He gets an idea about... And how the beats are going. Um, they have yeah. always the same topic. It's so interesting. If they speak about rap, it's not about countries no more or colors or anything. It's just yeah. rap. So they have yeah. the same topics. And um, so, and then at the end, we're producing a song, we're producing a music video um, to to start a campaign with with it. And um, and I mean, it's so powerful. If you go into Uganda now, really now you already touched my heart but um so it will be come a little bit longer but um if you just go to uganda and see that uh, uh, you have to check out bobby wine he's the ugandan ghetto president they call him three uh -huh. years ago four years ago we've been to uganda and did this big song with him okay. and then he said to me michael i gonna um study law now and then i run Ooh. for membership of parliament so then he became member of parliament one year ago. Then they shot his driver because oh. they wanted to shoot him. Uh, of course, it's kind of dictatorship in Uganda at the moment. And he's really the spokesman number one. And you have to look up the story of Bobby Wine. Actually, if I would be a Hollywood producer, I would do this story because it's already insane what's happening there. And I assume that in the next five to ten years, he will be president of Uganda. Oh, um, yeah. And he's a rap guy. And I Amazing. don't hope that the same thing happens in the U.S. with Kanye West. I really don't hope that. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, yeah, but 
But the, there you also see some how powerful these politicians are. Kanye West was not only connected, is he, to the uh, American president, but he's also yeah. connected to the Ugandan president. He was there with his wife uh, in oh, Uganda really? and he met the president. But this is actually, to be honest, a real asshole and a corrupt guy and he's yeah. not doing good about his people. He's not caring about them. So, and there sh he should not need them at all. Yeah. So, um, but like to go back on our topic, I mean, this guy, for example, Bobby Wine, he told us, Hey, I've never played in Karamoja, which is like really in the north of Uganda. It's really uh -huh. far away from the main capital. And they asked him a lot of times to come there. They offered him 50 million Ugandan shillings, which is a reasonable fee in Uganda. Um, but he didn't do it. Then we asked him and he did it for clean water and he said, I don't know what happened, but I do it now for the people and not for money no more. So oh, really? also the engagement of the people is on a different level because you take out the money game thing. Yeah, and yeah, yeah, yeah. The money game thing in music and in art is a really interesting part, which I think is worth a podcast on its own with some guys who have uh, real intelligent uh, minds and thinking. Because the, nobody I know from an art and music style starts art and music because of money. Yeah. Nobody. Of course, some wants to have fame and stuff like that, and also want to have a living. No. But nobody starts from the scratch and becomes a superstar because he wants um, to, to become a superstar or wants uh, to become a multi-billionaire or something like that. Yeah. They just start because they love it. Yeah, and then it happens at one time the laugh gets less and the business part gets more yeah. and if you don't understand the business part you're out of the business really soon because yeah. you have to apply certain rules or you have to do it so differently that it works in the rules again it, it's complicated and I'm not a, um, a real understanding of, of music uh, but it's really interesting that for us When we work, we always take yeah. out the part of money. It's never about money. The moment and the love comes an, back. It's only about love. Yeah. It's only about love and connecting people. And it's um, really interesting because the first thing, almost not the first, but I tell people, hey, we will pay you on a different level. <laughs> we pay you with karma. We pay you with a journey you will never be able to do because the way we travel to Uganda, nobody is. You can't book in a in a travel agency. Hey, I want to meet the most influential rap guy. I want to yes. go into remote areas where they they hadn't seen things like me and stuff like that. So yeah, yeah, you can't book that. And uh, but actually, we should open that kind of travel agency. Well, well so uh, sorry, but you you just mentioned you you were mentioning earlier that you're doing hotels now. What what what, what is that about? If 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 it uh... It's totally connected to the music scene because I was drunk again at the Echo. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, the next morning I had a pitch in the city of Hamburg in front of like five different um, kind of, uh, uh, what it's called, environmental department, uh, the guys, construction department and stuff like uh -huh. that. And we won the pitch uh, um, because we had the best concept, not the most money. We had no money at all. We still don't have money. We We fundraise the money at the moment, and the idea is to do a social hotel. So all the proceeds of hotels uh, of okay. the hotel to Viva Canagua as well, 
And um, the funny thing about it, like in Germany or in Hamburg, especially, the, all the hotels are booked out totally. So you have 90% of um, coverage all the time. So it's a money-making machine. And the most hotels are not not offensive, but they don't have a story to tell. Yeah, uh, They have come up with a guy who's really clever, who probably has a Harvard degree, not like me, uh, is good in marketing and comes up with interesting storytelling and stuff. We all have this story because the story is give something back to the community and people. So, yeah. And that's the reason why I think it will work out quite good. Um, we're just starting it. The idea is to do it worldwide because some of our social businesses, like the water bottle, for example, you yeah. in Germany we have a recycling system. So in Germany I wouldn't say it's um, anti-social to produce plastic bottles. Mm-hmm. Although it's a difficult, complex story. Yeah, yeah. You always have to check who produced the study. Is it the big yeah. companies who want to um, produce more plastic? Is it the glass industry? And, yeah. and so it's complicated. I don't want to go into the topic, but um, in Uganda, for example, where they burn plastic, yeah. uh, it's definitely not a good idea at all to start with a plastic bottle yeah. company. Or yeah. We also produce glass, of course, but glass you can't have the um, logistics it's not yeah it's too expensive so there are so many uh, business models of us we can't export easily and can't scale but for example the hotel chain there are hotels all over the world and it would also start giving uh, jobs to the people and the communities which then on the second scale also empowers the country as well and um, I, I, I'm really a fan of social business and mm-hmm. I'm not a fan of uh, old school, old fashioned uh, charity uh, where you just yeah. ask people for donations. I mean, there are millions of reasons why you, what you could support. And, yeah. Yeah. Wow, that was all really, really interesting. I've got one last question for you and it should be quick. Um, do you have one or two artists or songs that you would like our listeners to, to listen to? Um, I want to quote a friend. He's called Gentleman. He's a famous reggae artist from Germany. Yeah. And he said the most important line in music history is emancipate yourself from mental slavery. None but ourselves can free our minds. And I think really if, if, if you look on the, on the discography, I think it's the term to use, of this guy, Bob Marley, how much influential, amazing stuff he wrote. Um, it's, yeah, I, I get goosebumps when I'm thinking about this line because if you think on, you can think on so many levels of this line. So, uh-huh. yeah, I, um, All right. I would say this song, Redemption Song. Redemption Song. All right. Well, Michael Fritz from Viva Konakwa, I really want to thank you. I thought this was a really great conversation. Um, and uh, yeah, thank you also to your to your daughter that wanted to be part of it. <laughs> I feel honored. Um, yeah, thanks a lot. You're more than welcome. Uh, keep up the good work. And yeah, um, looking forward to see you again, Flo. Bye. Bye-bye. That was Michael Fritz from Viva Con Aqua. You can find the links to all the bands and businesses that were discussed in the show notes on musicinnovationpodcast.com. 
Thank you to Michael and his daughter for spending that time on the phone with me. If you like this episode, please be so kind and leave me a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Um, That helps others find it and gives me good feedback. Um, And also subscribe so that you get the next episode right when it comes out. If you have any suggestions or comments or want to say hello, please do contact me uh, through the website uh, and that is musicinnovationpodcast.com. Thanks again for listening and have a great rest of your day. Goodbye.